The Night Owl Podcast, Episode 15, Buenos Aires Café, Part 1. Welcome to the Night Owl Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Ballou, and this is a place for all you restless spirits out there to tune in and hear true tales of the paranormal. I hunt these stories down, capture them from the mouths of those who experience them, and share them with you right here. If you have a story to tell, we're currently looking for more personal ghost stories, so if you or someone you know has one, please submit it to us for consideration. Go to thenightowlpodcast.com, click on the Submit Your Story page, and let us hear your ghost story. We'd love to consider it for the show. In this episode, travel with us to Buenos Aires Cafe, a quaint Argentinian restaurant in East Austin that's having some serious concerns about activity that a majority of the staff there are experiencing. Reports of employees growing nervous because it sounds like someone has actually broken into the building when they are closing at night, dishes and objects falling and even being thrown at staff members, and even sightings of a shadowy male figure that the staff have now given a name and who most believe resides in the cafe's basement speakeasy. With an overwhelming number of staff coming forward, cafe owner Paola has decided to get to the bottom of what's really happening in her family-owned restaurant and help her staff feel comfortable coming to work. Stay tuned. If you're new to the show, a quick note. This podcast is best devoured in chronological order, so we highly recommend that you stop here and begin your journey with us on episode 1, Ink, Coffee, and Spirits. Trust me, it's worth it to travel alongside us because we've made some incredible revelations in regards to the paranormal with each case, and honestly, if you skip around, you just won't have the same incredible experience that we did. Also, the Night Owl Podcast now offers two styles of episodes, investigative and campfire episodes. Investigative shows involve my team and I traveling to actively haunted locations, interviewing everyone who's had personal experiences there, then conducting research and seeking out any validation we can provide for the activity. These shows usually consist of multiple episodes and are in a mini-series type format with multiple parts to them. The second type of episode is the self-contained campfire episode, where we simply curate and share collected ghost stories with you, similar to sitting around a campfire and listening to your friends tell their own personal stories. These episodes are self-contained and can really be listened to in whatever order you decide. Either way, we hope you enjoy listening to the show. This episode is brought to you by Oh Boy Print Shop. When you need custom t-shirts, this shop's got your back. At Oh Boy, they've made customer satisfaction and quality their top priorities. Their aim is to supply you with quality products that meet your every need, specializing in custom screen printing for organizations, clothing companies, schools, businesses, and even events. Big or small, Oh Boy is here to help. Crisp, clean t-shirt printing without setup fees or hidden costs and always delivered on time. Ohboyprintshop.com. That's O-H-B-O-Y printshop.com. And now, mention the Night Owl podcast and get $50 off your first order. This episode is also brought to you by the Spider House Cafe, an Austin staple founded in 1995. The Spider House offers an array of specialty coffee and cocktail drinks, craft beer, and foods. The ballroom is host to events seven nights a week, and as you should know from season one, this coffee house and its grounds are swimming with paranormal activity. But what you might not know is that the Spider House has crafted a very special haunted drink offering in honor of the Night Owl podcast. Espresso, sweetened condensed milk, and a hefty shot of bourbon, all poured over a tall glass of ice. So come visit this haunted coffee shop, and be sure to grab a haunted drink while you're at it. Ask for the Night Owl at the bar, because just like the Spider House... It has spirits in it. December 1st, 2018. 
my wife and I are geared up and ready to dive into this next investigation in about an hour. It's 9am and we decided to hop into Cisco's, which is a Mexican restaurant on East 6 that's actually been here since the 1940s. Alexis and Franklin are meeting us just a few blocks west at 10am. Our destination, Buenos Aires Cafe. A friend, Sandra, had informed me that she was a manager here, and after listening to my show, thought that I needed to pay this little cafe a visit and just introduce myself to the owner, Paola. I work on the east side, so one day, on my lunch break, November 14th to be exact, I popped by to say hi and just see what the place looked like. I'd never been there, so I thought it'd be great to get a sense of the size and number of rooms, etc. Paola, the owner, was there, and I learned that she had listened to the show also and was very excited for us to visit. She quickly gave me a tour. I didn't have my recorder, but made some mental notes to prepare for our big investigation. The cafe was cute and quaint. It had beautiful remodeling with reclaimed wood walls and industrial-like elements incorporated into the bar and dining areas as well. I love the feel of the place. The energy was great too. Dim, warm lighting, an atmosphere that felt quiet but lively at the same time, and the smell of homemade Argentinian food sizzling from the kitchen. The place was smaller than I expected. All I could see was the main dining area with one single partial dividing wall and the bar slightly to the right center of the room and then the kitchen behind this bar. I definitely thought to myself then, I wonder where the activity is mostly experienced in this small space. Just then, Paola greeted me at the bar. She's a young, beautiful Argentinian woman who exudes warmth and positive energy. I awkwardly misinterpreted her hug for a handshake, but we laughed about it and she quickly guided me to the back of the cafe, away from the dining area. I followed her as she proceeded to push past the dining area to a smaller room that led to a door against the back wall. She signaled me to follow her to her basement speakeasy called Milonga Room. I obliged. Down a cavernous concrete stairway we traversed and turned left down a narrow low-ceiling hallway. To the left and right of this hallway branched out to other rooms, but ahead we approached a curtained-off room. We pushed through it, and Milonga was revealed to me. This little cafe had a little hidden secret. A basement speakeasy serving a collection of spirits, cocktails, and also a wine collection that represents the diversity and winemaking tradition of Argentina. Not to mention, they serve delicious tapas down here too. But it was closed today, and Paola didn't bring me down here to have some empanadas and sangria. She came down here to tell me that Milonga wasn't the only secret Buenos Aires Cafe was harboring. She proceeded to tell me that this basement, the speakeasy, was the spot where her and most of her staff believe their resident spirit resides. I didn't want the whole story yet, but from what I was hearing in this brief introduction was that a significant number of staff members were willing to share their accounts with me when I was ready. So jump back ahead to two weeks later. My wife and I finished our breakfast at Cisco's and were arriving at Buenos Aires Cafe just before 10 a.m. Alexis and Franklin arrived as well and we entered the building. So I introduced Paola to the team and we began the process of capturing everyone's experiences. I had no idea that the number of eyewitnesses here would be the largest amount I'd had up to now on this show. Listening to all their stories, I learned that many of the staff had had experiences together. And if not together, they each had eerily similar experiences that corroborated each of their colleagues. I also learned that the staff had given the entity they attributed all the activity to a name. So let's grab a coffee, cozy up, and dive in. Uh, my name is Paola Guerrero-Smith, and I co-own my restaurant, Buenos Aires Cafe, with my family. Uh, we've got the building in uh, 6th Street. We got it in 2008, in August. 
we were looking for a second location and my mom happened to drive in the area and saw the the for rent sign so she came in I was working in the area and she asked me to join her came in very different from our aesthetics or whatever and I needed a lot of work but uh, we fell in love with it uh, we never knew that Austin had basements until this restaurant um, so we started working on it uh, we did a lot of repairs and we finally opened to the public in March 2009 uh, at that time I was working at the South First location and then with changes I started working at both some days there some days here and I was a closing manager for a couple of nights throughout the week and the first time that I've ever noticed some kind of other dimensional activity was uh, around I want to say about Marzo like April June something like that this is the first thing that's ever happened I was closing. We used to go through the front door. I'm walking out, and I hear all of the cups from the espresso machine go on the ground. And sometimes it happens, like if you don't put the pile correctly, like they may fall. When I go back to the espresso machine, they were on the floor, and they were some of them were scattered. That's weird. And I pick them up, I put them on the table so the next day it can be washed. And I leave. And the second day happens again and I think that's really weird <laughs> so again I go back in I pick up the cups I put them on the table to the side and I leave and it feels weird then it happened again and the third time I was like very careful like okay didn't even I think I didn't even put the second layer I just put a one layer because I was like this will tell me if something is happening or not and then when I walked out, the cups were on the floor again. It's like somebody's just like, like just threw them on the ground. They weren't, they never broke. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not even picking those up. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> and um, it didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth. I just, that gave me the clue that there was something else that I couldn't see, but was definitely there. Um, so I'm Sky. I'm the pastry chef right now. I've been here for about eight months. When I first got here, I kind of like felt an energy. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to bring it up because no one said anything about it. The first real experience I had was I was upstairs. I was here by myself. We're closed on Sunday, so I was here on a Sunday just baking. It was about 11 a.m. So sun is up. You know, there's no one else in the building, but people are out outside and whatnot. And I'm standing by the oven, and all of a sudden a plate just like falls and shatters and I just kind of stop for a second and I'm just like there's nothing on that would have made that plate fall and I just kind of left it alone and I was like all right well I think it's time for me to go home and just cleaned up around the plate and then the plate was the last thing I picked up and I was like I don't want to disturb whatever's over there and my name is Magdalena I work here in Buenos Aires and so her name is uh, Magdalena, and she's our prep cook, and she's been with us since 2007. When, the, when she's cleaning, she feels like somebody is like just passing by. When she's downstairs, she can hear like somebody walking upstairs. Presence of like somebody always there and like it's watching over her. 
Um, so in here we had reports of uh, kitchen staff that comes early in the morning before turning the light on, like seeing like a figure standing here in the line. Many times they thought, oh no, there's again like a homeless person or somebody that shouldn't be here. And then they turn the light on and they're not there anymore. I asked like if, if it's like an actual figure or is it like a shadow and like they see it kind of like more like a silhouette moving around. My name is Chris Gomez. I'm the chef of the restaurant. Um, I started here in the summer of 2016. Um, one time uh, early in the morning there was nobody here. My printer on my station printed out my name and my station, which shouldn't happen. There was nobody here putting anything in. I asked the general manager at the time, I'm like, hey, did you guys like set something up to like mess with me? And they're like, no, we don't. We wouldn't even know how to do that. And I asked the assistant manager, same thing. She was like, no. I was like, okay. Well, the printer printed out my full name and the station that I'm working on, and there was nobody here. So you understand the these kitchen printers only print out uh, food items. So it'll print out like table number, the time, and then the food that needs to be prepared. And it prints out respectfully for every station, so like everybody knows what they need to do per table. It doesn't print names for any staff. So when you clock in, you clock in, and like that's it, and that's like it's a different printer. And so he got really uh, freaked out, and I told him, I was like, well, the ghost, you know, like maybe he likes you, maybe he doesn't. I don't know, we're gonna find out soon. <laughs> Then another time we were working on the line uh, upstairs and I was prepping and I had one of my cooks next to me prepping and there was a plate with an empanada on the actual counter to be picked up. We were both kind of looking down prepping and we could see it move across to this side. We both stopped what we were doing and we looked at each other like, you saw you saw that, right? Like it wasn't just me. We both like started laughing. We were like, yeah, like we looked over to the pantry cook and he was also like laughing like, yeah, I saw it too. And I was like, okay, just making sure we're not crazy. And we, we all saw that the plant moved. One of uh, my kitchen managers, he's not here right now, but he constantly gets stuff thrown at his head. Like he'll just be prepping and like plates will just fall on his head for no for no reason. And it only happens to him. Yeah, poor Manny. Uh, Manny usually works here in this area, and he can probably explain to you better. Uh, but like he's been working here, and like plates just drop to his head, and it's happened multiple times. I'm Manny. I'm a kitchen manager at Buenos Aires Cafe. I've worked there for a little over two and a half years. You know, I was working on the line upstairs. And actually, our like our business owner Paula was talking to me at the time. Like nobody had hands on anything, nobody had bumped the line or anything, and an entire stack of bowls fell on my head for some reason, and I was kind of like weirded out by that. They're made to sit there. Like it's not a small area. It's not like they were teeter tottering on top of the line. They were definitely just sitting there. And as I was talking to someone, they kind of just fell over kind of the like the top crest of my head and then down kind of into my face. I still have a scar on my face from like the poles falling on me. And it always happens to him. Like it it always it's always him. So it's kinda like well like he just he doesn't like you. He's just throwing 
stuff at your head. It, it was a little while until other times doing at nighttime, you know, we close everybody upstairs, they go home, I come back down and do all the paperwork in the office. And then I'll hear like steps or moving furniture. And I'm thinking, what are they gonna, what are they doing? You know, are they, did they come back and are they moving? For, is there somebody in the building? So I will go upstairs and look around. There's no one. And that happened enough times to where I figured, I was like, okay, well, <laughs> all right, whoever you are, leave me alone. <laughs> Uh, my name is Sandra. I'm the general manager of the restaurant. I've been working here since about 2014. When I started managing, uh, there would be evenings that I would come down into the office and everyone would have already left the building. Everything was locked up and I would hear people upstairs or noises, like people walking around or a little bit of commotion. Uh, the first few times it happened, I got really freaked out, and I would run up the stairs and see who was here, if there were staff members, or maybe I thought somebody maybe sneaked in from outside, but nobody would be upstairs. I would walk around the whole floor and go into the kitchen, restrooms, and then I'd come back down, and I would still hear it. It hasn't happened a lot recently, but it was definitely very nerve-wracking closing up for the first few times alone and hearing it. Um, after a while, it got a little bit easier and I would just ignore it. It didn't scare me. It felt um, uncomfortable. I wasn't necessarily scared, but it also doesn't feel super great to know that, you know, they're making themselves known and I'm alone in the building. My name is Allison. I'm the Assistant Wine and Beverage Director here at Buenos Aires Cafe and Milonga Room. I oversee event coordination and things like that. I'm here four to five nights a week. Closing manager, four nights of the six nights were open. So I spend a lot of time here, uh, especially at night. I was downstairs and I heard a rack of glasses fall from upstairs and I heard a door shut. I was thinking I had not locked this gate so that maybe like a homeless person, because they usually hang out like over here, had broken in and then maybe they were looking for food so I grabbed a butcher knife and I started like screaming who's there and I go upstairs and like as I kick the door open the rack of glasses that I thought I heard hit the floor I mean like 50 pounds of glass was just sitting there and so I was like you know but maybe like there's still somebody here because the kitchen door on the other side over here it swings open and I was like so I started doing this like jump back and forth through the door and I ran and I turned all the lights on and I'm like, who's here? And then it was just nothing. And I just like, I dropped the knife and I went and I got my phone. And again, I just left and left lights on. I was like, okay, I'm getting out. We had a pastry assistant that will come early, really early in the morning, like around five. And he said like many times he had felt like presence and also the doors right here, like swinging, like open. And, you know, you think, well, you know, there's the pressure of, like, this AC and, like, that AC. But it's not like it's moving little. It's, like, moving quite a bit. And, like, oftentimes he saw that there will be somebody, like, in the restaurant and drop what he's doing and, like, going out to, like, see who it is. And then the shadow hides and goes through the other side of the double doors. Probably one of the most freakiest moments. I was in the kitchen closing out the day, again, here completely alone. And those two kitchen doors, you know, they are swing doors. They retract. That's the point of them. It's a health code thing. They have to come back every time you push them open. And I was closing out the day, and 
I knew I was alone, but I had thought maybe somebody was still here somehow, like one of my, you know, like one of the bartenders, because I heard the back door, it's really loud, and it closes. So I hear the hinges close, and I'm like, all right, just don't, it's fine, you know, nobody's here. And I'm standing there, and the kitchen doors, literally the swing doors, both of them open up like this, like somebody pushes it open, and then they're just held open. And I'm just frozen, and I, I mean, did again, didn't turn the lights off. I got my phone, uh, left my backpack in the office because I refused to go back downstairs, and set the alarm and left. After hearing all the testimony from the staff about their experiences upstairs in the dining room and the kitchen of the cafe, I began to grow more and more curious about what they were going to reveal to me when we moved downstairs. Paula had told me that the basement and their recently renovated speakeasy, Milonga, was one of the most active areas in the building. With sightings of objects moving and falling, numerous reports of closing staff hearing someone in the building when they were clearly alone, sightings of shadow figures, and strong feelings of a presence watching them upstairs, I wondered if the activity downstairs was more of the same or something entirely different. After the short break, we'll travel down into Milonga to hear more from the staff at Buenos Aires Cafe. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by the Spider House Cafe and Ballroom. If you've listened to the show, you probably already know that this unique Austin coffee house is rich with stories of the supernatural. So it should go without saying, I'm ecstatic to have them as one of our sponsors this year. Since 1995, the Spider House has been serving an assortment of specialty coffee drinks and cocktails, fine crafted beer, and delicious food and snacks. It has a carnivalesque patio decorated with Christmas lights, junkyard grabs, and thrift store finds, which harbors a variety of food trucks and one very haunted tattoo shop, as most of you should know from season one of the show. Around the corner, the Spider House Ballroom hosts events seven nights a week, ranging from slam poetry and independent film screenings to live music and storytelling events. I'm so excited to have this magical coffee house as a sponsor, and even more excited that the Spider House has created a very special night out drink for us. Four shots of espresso, sweetened condensed milk, and a hefty shot of bourbon poured over a tall glass of ice. This haunted drink is sure to lift your spirits. So if you're in Austin or traveling from out of town, get on over to the Spider House, order a night owl, soak in all this magnificent space has to offer, and just maybe you'll catch a glimpse of the many spirits that haunt the Spider House grounds. This episode is also brought to you by Oh Boy Print Shop, custom printed t-shirts made in Austin with love. Now there are many reasons why I love this family-owned print shop and why Oh Boy is my go-to shop for all things night owl, but let me pick one to rave to you about today. Have you ever ordered custom tees from an event or bought some from your favorite band or company, only to realize that they're thick, scratchy, and look like you're wearing a bag that isn't very flattering on you? Well, that's one thing that won't happen to you when you're with Oh Boy Print Shop. They offer a variety of t-shirts to provide the right choice to meet your needs. I myself prefer comfortable, slightly fitted tees that look and feel awesome enough to wear every day, either by themselves or under a throwover shirt or sweater. Old Boy Print Shop helped me pick out a tee that fit those needs, and honestly, when I open my closet in the morning, I skip all my other tees and go straight for the Night Owl shirt, because it's the most comfortable and flattering tee in my entire closet now. Old Boy's aim is to provide you with the options that help you get the product that meets your every need. So, there's no more need for hesitating. Order your first batch of custom printed tees with Oh Boy Print Shop today, and you'll be in great hands. Plus, now you can get $50 off your first order by simply mentioning the Night Owl Podcast. So what are you waiting for? Visit ohboyprintshop.com. That's O-H-B-O-Y printshop.com. 
after Milonga, things got a little bit more. I don't know if it correlates to the time. We opened Milonga two and a half years ago. I don't know if it correlates to that or maybe the people that are in our staff right now are more sensitive. They perceive things more, but it's been way more active than it has ever been. To the point when we were reviewing our employee handbook and under the safety section, one of my managers was like, yeah, make sure you put in there to put the drop bar in the back door Milonga right before you leave because that's when everything starts happening. You put that bar down and like you hear furniture move and people see things and shadows and it's like, what is going on? And that was a whole new other set of experiences that people were having. Pretty much, I would say, almost off the bat, it was a little bit weird. You, like, you can get some weird vibes down here specifically. Um, late at night, when you're like, when I have to do inventory and I go all the way in the back, you always get a presence that there's something kind of staring at you or looking at you. Sometimes you can kind of see a shadow, like out the corner, kind of looking at you, and when you look, it's kind of gone. Or it kind of stays there for a little bit, and then it disappears, um, which has happened a couple times at the beginning. The pastry chef, when she's walked in, she's she doesn't want to work down here. <laughs> she waits until the sun comes out, or there's people here for her to come down and get stuff. She's like, I'm not going downstairs. Most of us get here when it's light out. She gets here when it's still dark. I'm the first person that comes in in the morning, basically. Some days I would be here at 5, some days I'm here at 6, some days I'm here at 7. And I don't like being down here before the sun comes up. I usually don't come down here before the sun comes up unless absolutely necessary. I just, it was just weird and it was kind of creepy. And every now and then I would like feel like a, a breeze of some sort and I'm just like, okay. But um, then another experience I had was just, again, coming down here earlier in the morning before anyone else gets here. And for some reason, I had, like, stopped. I don't know, maybe to grab an apron or a towel or something. And out of the corner of my eye, I just saw, like, he was pretty tall, probably about between, like, 5'10 and 6 foot. Um, I didn't see any hair or anything, but I, didn't, I couldn't really make out any facial features, but you can tell by just the body that it was a guy. And age was a little bit older, like, maybe mid 40s to early 50s ethnicity I didn't really see anything as far as like a skin color it was like walking by like walking towards the office but inside of here and I was yeah I was told that this wasn't closed off beforehand this used to be a storage area so I'm like maybe this is just walking into the office but I I don't know where he went I just know that I saw him walk by and I was just like I'm gonna pretend that that didn't happen then one day we were all in the kitchen and we were talking about it and I was just like, okay, so I'm not the only one. And that was really when I realized that I was like, all right, there's something in here. And every now and then when I come in in the morning, I'll just be like, okay, well, let's hope that he doesn't pop out and say hi today. And I just kind of myself let him know, like, I don't like this energy. You know, I don't really want to be around it. And ever since then, he's never bothered me. And we used to have a previous pastry chef that he hated coming down the stairs because this is such a dark place and he's like, it feels like there's something in there. And he's like, I don't. Like, everybody that's worked here just doesn't like to come here at nighttime when this area is closed because they kind of feel like there's something in here. One of our prep guys, he usually cleans in here and he, he waits till like everybody's here <laughs> to come. And sometimes he, he asks for us to turn on the lights in here for him because he also feels something weird in here. We work kind of long hours there. Sometimes 
Um, I was on a split double, which basically means I come in from open to close. I was taking a nap down in Milanga on my break. Uh, Milanga is kind of our uh, speakeasy downstairs. A lot of mirrors everywhere. Uh, at the time, we had like a mirrored coffee table. And I was down there kind of just taking a nap. I started to, you know, nod off. Not fully, I didn't feel like I was fully asleep, but I also didn't feel completely awake. And I just kind of felt like I heard a light whisper, um, and it was just my name. It was like, it was, I, I thought in my mind, I guess I thought at the time, because, you know, I mean, I knew where I was. I was at work. I thought that, you know, it was maybe one of my coworkers um, trying to wake me or something that we needed up in the kitchen. So I, like, I rose up, you know, rather quickly. I thought one of my employees needed something. And I looked down on the coffee table with a mirror in it in front of me, and it was a mirrored image of myself, but it was almost kind of demonic and crazy, and it scared me, and I kind of like step back. I mean, it was almost gone immediately. It was just that that experience of you know waking up, just looking down, and it's kind of hard to explain exactly the way I looked. It was me, but it wasn't me. My face looked the same, but the expression kind of seemed like eerie and demonic. While building Milonga, I saw the shadow of a big man. It wasn't a shadow, it was more like the reflection. I happened to look on the mirror. I was installing these mirrors and it's just like, you know, a pull string and like this was like a big mess. And like I grabbed the mirror and I, I looked at him like, what? Why? Oh my God, that's, that's a person. And I turned around like, no, you don't do that to me. No, 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 no. So of course I did a cleanse. <laughs> It's like, no, no, you're not going to bother me like that. I don't appreciate it. Like, cool, I know, I respect it, um, I believe in it. But like, don't don't mess with me. It was very brief, um, but it was a big man. I could just see the outline of, like, a tall person. He was kind of, like, wearing, like, a ungaban, um, like a coat. At the time, I knew it was a man, and I knew it was older than me. You know, it's hard to explain, but, you know, if you ever get that feeling like something's there, but it's not, that's kind of the feeling I get sometimes whenever I'm there alone. I've kind of seen other things with other people. There's another manager there, Allison, and she was talking to me one day um, down in the Mulanga room, same, like, same difference, mirrors all over, all over the walls and stuff. And her reflection, like the reflection of her move before she actually moved. And I just kind of saw it in my like peripheral vision. And I was like, she's like looking at me and she's like, what's what, you know, what's wrong? What's up? Like, why do you have this weird look on your face? You look like you've just seen a ghost. And it was just kind of weird to me because it was her moving in the mirror before she actually moved. People coming in, um, you know, work on the building. And one gentleman told me he was walking through the back uh, room and he saw a shadow in the mirror behind him and he turned around and there was nobody there. I feel like I've seen things out of the corner of my eye, but I'm not really sure if I'm seeing things or if they're actually 
figures or shadows. I went to go to Topo Chico out of Milongo again while I was working in the office. And when I stood up, because whenever we go in, we only turn the lights on for the, you know, the lights over the bar. And I went to stand up, and when I stood up, I screamed. And uh, Chef was in the office, and it was because it, as soon as I stood up, there was somebody sitting. It was like somebody was sitting at the bar. and But it was like, I immediately gone and I just but I like bent over grab the drink and I stand up and it's just it was just like flash of a moment of a of a human being but it wasn't I don't even I couldn't even tell male or female it was just like person and gone I would ask my staff just very casually like oh how's everything like how how are the ladies in the morning doing good like is the ghost bugging you and I was just being you know it's just funny, but then I realized they didn't think it was funny because something was happening. And then they were telling me all of their stories of them being scared of going downstairs. Um, we would try to schedule them early to like do prep, and they wouldn't have it. They would only come in if there was a man in the building. And the things that I would hear were, like, sometimes when you get produce in, if you open, like, cherry tomatoes or even citruses, like, one or two will, like, find their way underneath the refrigerator. They would go downstairs to get stuff, and then on their way out, they will have whatever was under underneath the refrigerators rolled like as if somebody is like throwing stuff and it would scare them uh, sometimes it will feel like a touch sometimes they would smell like cigarette thinking oh it's chef coming in and then they will look out the window or open the back door and nobody was there and that happened many times um i came in open uh usually all of our prep cooks will come in about 8 a.m i got there at about 7, 7.30, I wanted to get a jump on things. And I walked downstairs um, to grab an apron because all of our aprons and towels and prep stuff were there. Um, and there's kind of a long hallway where you, like, where you walk in through our dry storage to our walk-in. And, and I was walking back down that hallway after getting an apron. And there was a shadow behind me. And at first I thought it was... I thought it was my shadow, but I have a very distinctive shadow. Like, I have a long beard and a mohawk. Um, and I was like, that's not my shadow. And I stopped, and the shadow kind of kept walking kind of around me and past me. It's really, I mean, it was just like a like, slender man's body. Um, if I had to choose a sex, I would definitely say male. Didn't have any, you know, any female features to it. Kind of just like upper upper torso and head of a man. It's probably like two weeks ago. I was in the bathroom. And I was peeing. And I kind of like turned around after I was done. And there was like a white shadow right there. And I kind of, like my instance was like to back up because I thought there was somebody there. And then it like disappeared. I was like, okay. There was no form. It was just like a like a white shadow. Probably about my height, maybe a little bit taller. I guess it was a little bit misty. Not super bright, but like you can definitely tell that it was emerging some type of light. It disappeared. Like I turned around and it was there and I kinda like went like that and it it, it went away. I've never seen any shadows upstairs. They've always kind of been downstairs, um, me longer room. Uh, there's, like I'm saying, there's a lot of glass there, so you can kind of see, you can see all angles of everything, just kind of the way that it's set up down there. Um, you'll see things kind of pass through those mirrors. Um, I mean, sometimes it's, it's hard to tell up in the kitchen, I guess, because it's, 
like there's a lot of smoke and things and you know i mean we're we're cooking back there the shadows are constant like you kind of always see them around the black shadows had more of an outline the one in the bathroom was just like a mist i don't know if it's the same one or not but it has more of a male presence than a female no sé, solo se siente que hay alguien. She's like, she doesn't know, but it's, it just feels like there's just someone there, and it's very strong. Where is she at when she mostly feels the presence? ¿Y dónde estás cuando sentís la presencia generalmente? Abajo. Downstairs. <laughs> Ahí es donde más se siente, porque cuando yo vengo y, y prendo las luces, sí, yo veo, digo, a veces no veo a alguien, pero sí se siente... She's like, when she turns the lights on, she's very guarded because she feels that there's, like, she can feel it, but she can't see it. I mean, I've had experiences like that in the past, so it hasn't, it wasn't like, I was just like, leave me, like, I was kind of like, just leave me alone. Like, I'm trying to work. Like, you can tell that they're there. I don't know if it's just, like, mess with people or what, but, like, it doesn't feel like it's something bad. So it didn't bother me at all. I don't think it means any harm or whatever's here, if there is anything here, but there, I mean, it's, it's, there's something weird here. What, I, I don't know. As far as multiples, I have not seen multiples. I've just seen this one figure. And for the most part, for me, it's still, it's emitting a male figure. It's just a lot more noticeable down here. I was raised Catholic. I consider myself a very spiritual person. Things from, like, I like to read about different traditions. I like to understand, like, other ways of, like, connecting to, like, our our life in terms of, like, energies. And I know that, you know, about learning about different dimensions and, like, how to connect to it. And I like to meditate. I like to pray. So I kind of grab a little bit of everything. So I kind of have, like, my own mix. I was in Cuba about uh, in September, just a few months ago, and there's somebody I know there that um, sometimes gets like information from like his ancestor. And we had met before. He's a really nice guy, and so he was asking me like, "Oh, how's your restaurant going? How's life in Austin?" So I was telling him and. Last time uh, that we spoke, he had, like, told me, he had said, like, oh, you have someone there that's working that's, like, causing some issues. So we talked about that and yada, yada. So the second trip, he was like, how did that go? And I was like, everything's fine. I was like, oh, my stuff is fine. Like, I have a ghost that's, like, really scaring everybody. It's like, I really need to pass him on to, like, the next realm or, like, whatever to, like, leave us alone so we can work in peace and he said oh well he is protecting something you shouldn't like you shouldn't get rid of him soon enough you will find out like what it is that he's protecting um he told me just like a few things that I could do to like calm him down and like not scared him I don't know. Sometimes I think that he doesn't mess with me that much anymore. I try to do cleanses periodically with, like, herbs and prayer and whatnot. We have a lot of people that come to the restaurant, so it's nice to do that. But I think that also that has, like, made him not mess with me anymore. The basement, somebody used to live downstairs. And there's, uh, like, a complete setup. You can see where there used to be a kitchen, the shower. In the shower, there's, like, a tiling, and on it says, spells Leon. So everybody, like, assumed and, like, correlated, like, because that's the only part of the building that we didn't really renovate. And so everybody's like, now they call him Leon. 
So his nickname is Leon. But we don't know if that's his name or not. Or, and we don't know if it's a he or a she. I think it's a he, but I don't know. Um, hi, I'm Sydney. I work down here in the Milonga room. Um, I've been here since May of 2016. Definitely always kind of been like more of a sensitive person. The first thing I kind of started noticing was that like my mood would change. Like I'm kind of like, my default is like happy and very positive. I like, you know, like harmony and stuff. And I would just be down here and like all of a sudden I would feel like just like this creeping feeling of like bristliness, like kind of curmudgeon And I'm like, no, it's not me at all. So, you know, like it's kind of just spread it off and be like, I don't know, maybe I'm having a bad day. But um, then once I started being like, no, there's like another influence, I could kind of like learn to ignore it and like push it away and be like, that's not me. But I didn't really have anything to assign it to. The lights definitely started to freak me out. It's kind of like, there's no reason for it. And then like that lamp over there in the corner, that's the one that, that's where I first noticed. I was like, I feel like he's over there. And like I said he, because it just felt like like a grumpy old man to me, just like hanging out. We have a little shrine for him over there. I figure after I came back from Cuba, they suggested, hey, just give him cigarettes, give him coffee, give him white liquor. And um, that kind of like seemed to get like quite an attention from like patrons and they give him money now. He's got like 20 bucks over there. I'm like, I'm going to start charging you rent. You know, every time you break something, I'm going to like take it out of your... (laughs) Are your pile. Sydney shared something really funny. Uh, November 1st, we threw a party for him and we had moved the shrine to that corner over there and we bought candles. We made him like a little frame and we put his name on it. It was just, you know, cute and random and everybody, everybody really, all my staff is like, oh, Leon. Sometimes I ask, I don't smoke, but I've asked for a cigarette to give him. And I asked my bartender, I was like, hey, is this, can I have a cigarette? He's like, who is, you smoke? I was like, no. It's like, oh, it's for Leon. Here you go. <laughs> so his cigarettes were there, his money, his candles. Sydney's making a drink and smell cigarette. So there was a table of gentlemen and they were sitting in the back. And like, I, I'm pretty good at connecting with people. I feel like I usually like have a good experience with people but like for some reason I just was not communicating well with this table they were just kind of like brusque so then on their way out one of the guys that was sitting at the table picked up one of the cigarettes off the altar and lit it off one of the candles and so I smell it before I even see it and I see him and he's like rushing out the door with it so I run after him I'm like hey what are you doing like that's an altar how dare you and like I catch up to him in the parking lot and he's like oh this was mine I was like no it wasn't you took it off the altar why would you do that it smells like cigarettes in there like thanks thanks a lot buddy right when that happened she said that that leak that we have over there just started like pouring as soon as i came back in here the leak above the plant was like nothing i'd ever seen before it was like a torrent and like i just had chills all over i'm getting used i'm just talking about it because it was like intensely intense amount of water and they were down upstairs that was the thing that freaked me out more because i was like oh i gotta yell at somebody about the ice bin thing but it was there was nothing there was nobody upstairs there was no reason for that to happen except for he was upset and he wanted me to know she felt bad she was like oh i feel bad like you know somebody stole his stuff but he's definitely not not pleased about it one thing that i have kind of experienced upstairs is mechanical problems things that that don't make any sense. Like we have a like washer drain that you know in our in our dish pit, and I've kind of noticed that depending on how the night is going, whether it's positive or negative, that drain will kind of back up just for no reason. Weird things like that. Things will break. I've been in the restaurant industry for 15 plus years, 
you know, I've done it for a while. I've, you know, I mean, I fixed many of these problems and like sought out the issues with, you know, whether it's mechanical or whatever it is, I've fixed these problems. And there's, there's things that have kind of happened in the kitchen that I have, I have no explanation for. Just pilot lights being on and like they're completely on and then they'll go out. And it's kind of, it's kind of just eerie. Things will break for no reason. Sinks will back up for no reason. Um, things like that. I think like water may be his way of communicating because we have a lot of plumbing problems. And it got really, really bad. Uh, 2016, when we were having our uh, New Year's Eve party, I was working with my husband. He's making the drinks and I'm just taking care of the floor. And we're having a party and everything, everything leaked. The um, AC on the wall. It was just like torrential, like, and I was like, oh, this is terrible. The uh, leaks from upstairs, like that leak where it showed you above the plants, that started leaking, and I was like, that's terrible. <laughs> and then I think like someone did something to the ice machine. I don't know, but for some reason it started leaking. Everything was leaking. The sink behind the bar in Milonga um, was overflowing at one point. So like, I looked at my house and I was like, hey, pay attention. Like there's water everywhere. Like, and I turned it off. I went into back into like, take care of the room. And when I came back, I just went, before I could like even put my finger on the computer, it was like, and I was like, there's so much water. And the sink was again, open and just like, like flowing with water and I got mad at my husband I was like oh there's water everywhere he's like I didn't touch it and I was like yeah sure whatever so I just turned it off there was water everywhere uh, this year I came back from Cuba the day before um, one of our uh, filtration systems upstairs exploded during the weekend so when my kitchen staff arrived Monday morning there was about four or five inches of water in the entire basement including the office uh, we we're constantly having problems with our um, toilets it's constantly having problems with like okay the toilet is fixed now it's the uh, dish pit uh, and it's like a new a new thing all together and it's still leaking and I'm like oh why like is this related I'd love to know we've had like plumbers come in and like fix it. oh it's fine and then eventually there will be another problem somewhere else and it's always water and it's gotten to the point where it's very expensive he makes himself known he's very he can be shy um, but also I know we've been talking about Allison a little bit and so we're really close I live with her so like we're always together but it's he definitely kind of gets a little more excited when she's around and like we all kind of like have this suspicion like maybe he's like like a little boy like teasing someone because you like them yeah it's it's weird he'll throw stuff he'll move stuff he throws his voice sometimes we'll hear people having conversations like in the back and there's no one there and I don't know I feel like he he definitely lives here I think he lives down here. Like, I know y'all were talking about the activity being more upstairs, but I definitely feel like he's around down here most of the time. After a certain time, um, there's, like, some... Like, this is his corner right here. And, like, a specific light, like this light over here, or, like, that light flickers and it stops, and it's just the one. And, like, we've looked at it, and, like, everything is fine with it. 
but it's random. Um, Allison is uh, one of our managers, and she's definitely had um, a lot of experiences here as well. Uh, just a few weeks ago, we had a meeting in that corner, and the second we sat down, I like having to look at her, and she just went like like this, like oh, like he t- like she felt like somebody touched. She didn't say anything, but she was just like, okay, well, he's right there, and just we carry on with our with our meeting. The first major thing, I would notice little things, and only as soon as I put the bar over the door downstairs, so that means that essentially I was like, it's only whenever I'm fully locked into the basement, which means the only way I can leave is by coming up and going out that door, uh, that things would get a little weird. Lights above my head playing was one thing. I was closing Milonga, and I was making sure that they had swept and done everything, and they were gone, and I was totally alone. And as I was walking, I felt like somebody was like standing behind me, but... You know, again, I'm like, I'm alone. I might, you know, be a little anxious. But the lights above my head, every time I stepped, it would start flickering. And then the one that was behind me would stop. And it was as I walked. So then I, like, made it a point to see. And I, like, walked out. And I walked back in. I'm like, you know, maybe it's, like, an electrical issue. So I walk out. And I'm looking. And there's no flickering. I walk back in. And it's only the lights above my head, like, as I'm stepping. And I just, I jumped because I felt like somebody was standing right behind me. And then I was like, so sorry. Had to leave. I think I left the lights on. I just grabbed my bag. I didn't shut the office. I didn't. I just, like left. And I didn't tell anybody about that for a few weeks because I just felt kind of weird expressing it. And then when it came up in casual conversation, all of a sudden I realized that all my coworkers kind of had their own little weird experiences. We are in staff about 28, 28, 29 of us. I would say from what I've asked around, maybe four or five people have not had any experience. I definitely sense a male presence, especially in Milonga itself. It feels like a male. I've been sitting on the bar stool doing paperwork in Milonga just because it's more of an open space than the office. It gets a little claustrophobic feeling in that tight room. So I was sitting there doing paperwork and I felt a hand on my thigh. And you, I made that, I was like, rewind the camera. Like I'm sitting there doing paperwork and I just like freeze and do this and I jump up and I again just turned everything off and left. So it definitely feels like a male presence. Allison is a really good friend of mine. And sometimes, like, I can tell they fuck with her because she'll get, like, she'll get flushed. You know what I mean? Like, I'll walk up there and I'll be like, you okay, sweetheart? Like, and she'll just be flushed. And I'm like, what's going on? Why are you shaking? I feel bad for her because she's, you know, she's my friend. She's my coworker. And, you know, I hate seeing her in that state, I hate walking up there. I can tell that she's like scared or rattled about something. I just want the closure. I want for it to stop bothering her. And it does. I mean, just working there like it drains my energy. I've noticed it's really hard for me to explain because it's the first time I've ever really like experienced anything like that. It's been pretty intense. I've never anywhere else, never before in my life have I had anything like this. I was hoping it wouldn't follow me home. (laughs) I would say that. I was like, you cannot come home with me. Uh, But I don't feel like it ever does. It's like, in fact, every time I shut that door, I always, I turn around and I look at the door I see not a person, but just like a movement, like through the air. Because every time I leave, I feel like it's right there. Like it escorts you out, basically, is what it feels like. I personally believe that it's, there's one ghost 
it's male. It hasn't interacted with me that much lately. It's been more like messing with my staff. I feel that there is something that he either wants to like get across because of all the issues that we've been having and it will be nice to get some information i mean obviously i'm very much believe in all of this and it's very real some stuff you just cannot make it up especially when so many people have the same experiences and it will be nice to know like if what he wants what does he like is he not happy like are we doing something that it's like messing with him and like he's trying to get his message across by like acting out and like bugging people uh, but it's uh for me i feel very protective of my staff so when i know that my staff is coming to work scared it's not a good feeling i do everything i can to like keep my staff happy and like you know we're a family and all of that so when they come into work like no wanting to go downstairs or no wanting to like do closing paperwork because or they're going to do it tomorrow because, you know, he's very active and it scares them. So I, I would like for that for sure to get to get some answers. For Paola, the shadows, noises and feelings are all things the overwhelming majority of her staff have experienced in their short time working at Buenos Aires Cafe. For many, they believe the presence is a male who resides mostly in Milonga, their basement speakeasy. I was really impressed with the number of eyewitnesses that came forward to talk with me on my first visit. But what surprised me even more was how so many of the staff have seen and felt the same things. A tall, shadowy male figure in Milonga and dry storage area. Strange things in the mirrors downstairs. The noises they hear once they lock themselves in at closing time. And the collective intuition that there's a strong male spirit haunting this Argentinian cafe in East Austin. I was ready to dive deeper into this case, not just to satisfy my curiosity, but to possibly help Paula and her staff feel safe in their building once and for all. Hello? Hey, Sarah. It's Steven. Hey, Steven. What's going on? Uh, you probably already know what I'm going to ask you. Okay, we have another case? Yep. Is it out of town? It's in Austin. East Austin, oh. actually. Oh, that's good. So you're down? Yeah. Thanks for listening to episode 15 of the Night Owl podcast. Be sure to join my team and I in episode 16, Buenos Aires Cafe Part 2, where we return to the cafe and Milonga to investigate the claims further, involve Sarah, our clairvoyant friend, and make some validating discoveries. Tune in on February 25th. And I'd like to thank my team, Sarah, Alexis and Franklin for going on these crazy adventures with me. Nicholas Fair and Petey Wilder for your talented musical contributions to the show. And my very supportive wife, Tao, for sticking with me all these late nights and long hours and for taking amazing photographs on every case. And last but not least, David Dalton of Driftwork Sound for mastering every single episode on the tight turnarounds I give him. Please support their works by visiting our website, thenightowlpodcast.com, and clicking on the About tab. There you can find links to all their individual works and websites. And to help keep this show going, and my team and I fed and caffeinated, please support us for as little as a dollar a month on our Patreon page. This contribution not only helps me keep this show alive, you gain access to a ton of cool behind-the-scenes stuff. So please visit patreon.com backslash thenightowlpodcast and become a Night Owl patron today. And a special thanks to this episode's sponsors, The Spider House Cafe and Oh Boy Print Shop. Be sure to stop by The Spider House and try the new Night Owl drink. And don't forget, if you need t-shirt printing, 
you can feel at ease in the hands of Old Boy Print Shop. Be sure to mention the Night Owl Podcast to get $50 off your first order. Thank you all, and stay restless out there. This podcast was mastered by David Dalton of Driftwork Sound. If you're ready to up the production quality of your podcasts or music, go to driftworksound.com. That's D-R-I-F-T, worksound.com. And get your project mixed, mastered, or produced using well-established methods and unconventional techniques. That's driftworksound.com. And remember, your first master is completely free.